0: Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game.
1: An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. And Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin. We've got ourselves a very busy Thanksgiving Eve on Wednesday in the NHL. Uh, It better be because Tuesday is completely dark in the league, as is Thursday. Uh, So we got 14 games to get to before we say goodbye for the holiday weekend. Uh, And as we always like to do with these bigger slates, we'll start with our favorite underdogs. And Tim, you've got a, a little bit of a contentious pick here.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Sorry to do it to you, Leboff, but I like the Flyers at, um, what do we have here? We, we're looking at plus 140 on our little rundown here, playing on the island against your Islanders. To be honest, I thought I was kind of missing something with this line because I think that the Flyers and the Islanders are a lot closer than this number. And we keep waiting for the, the Islanders bounce back. And by, by we, I mean, leave you telling us it's coming uh, me staying up till one 30 in the morning <laughs> and it not happening. So maybe part of me is just sick of the sore throat that you have given me and your team has given me, but even the advanced numbers, like this, this flyers team, isn't just a, a cute little surprise. They they seem to actually be this good. And when I mean this good, I mean, just overachieving from what we thought they were. And um, again, I think they're just a lot closer to the Islanders than what this number indicates. And at one point the Islanders, maybe they're just not that good. And maybe the, uh, the Flyers are just better than we thought.
1: Yeah. I think uh, if you would show me the Flyers record, right They're they're second in the Metro as we head towards Thanksgiving, I would have just said, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're grinding it out and getting good goaltending and that's how they're stacking these points. But like you said, the, the truth is that they've just been better and, uh, than people think I, I don't think that this line or that this game is a, is a bad look to towards the over um with the way the islanders have defended but also their their offensive numbers are pretty or they're better than i think what people think they are uh, they're creating scoring chances better power play uh, but uh, like you said I, I don't think that there's going to be very many people looking at bet this price on the islanders that even at home even with me in the building uh nick
2: yeah, this looks like a complete flyers or pass spot. We've talked about it a lot this year. Like, I think the flyers, to the eye, have been one of the most impressive teams in the league. I really I haven't seen them play very bad. And the other thing is, like, I still continue to look at this roster and think the roster makeup is just better than people think. Like with Kachurier actually being a top-line center, we keep going there. Forster's good. Bobby Brink's good. The decor is so much better with Rasmus line and not playing, which is actually kind of an interesting note because it seems like he's going to come back. And last year, they were just getting crushed. Whenever he's played, he's been getting crushed. Same thing with Mark Stahl, too. So we'll see how that goes. But I look at this, and obviously, Torts has done a good job, but he has a good goaltender and he has a legit top line center. He has a deep top nine now. I mean, they're sitting a good forward every single night. So I look at this, and their process has been good. I don't think the roster is actually that bad. Like, I think it seems kind of feasible that it's just better than people thought so i agree i think it's the flyers were past here and and maybe even that yeah, you can probably say that and still think the islanders are due for a little better but like philly's just been a legitimate playoff team so far so it seems like kind of a crazy number
1: uh a little bit of disagreement on my underdog pick i, I like montreal in in anaheim the the halves are plus 120 the ducks at at minus 140 and the total here sitting six and a half. I, I know we, we we've liked the ducks uh quite a bit when they're at bigger numbers, but they're now uh, a favorite here against the team that coming into the season, uh the, the priors were basically that these were these two teams were peers. Uh Montreal's really scuffling of late. They're lo- losers of four in a row, two seven to one in the last ten. Uh and the defensive issues are, are well documented, although I think you can note that they've been a little bit better. Anaheim also scuffling here at, at, at with loser uh, also a loser of uh 3 in a row and have come back down to earth after that crazy run uh, on the road uh, a few weeks ago uh, but it's just they just don't to me profile as a team I'd want to lay a price with basically it anybody even at home uh so I like the I like the Habs here I don't think that the the goaltending matchup is is of any concern either way uh I think that the, look at the two rosters I think you can say that there's really not all that much uh, separating these two teams as a whole, so I'll I'll take a shot here on Montreal at plus 120. Nick, uh, I know you you like the other way.
2: Yeah, I really my handicap's not that complicated here. I just think the Ducks deserve to be power rated a fair bit above uh, the Habs, who I think are quite bad. They are, I mean we we were kind of sitting on this losing streak coming, and we're maybe even a little hard on the Ducks, but I still think what the Ducks have going is is. Uh, they deserve to be favored above Montreal Look, their defensive play under Cronin has been so much better whereas Montreal has still been more or less comparable to last season I think so and and both of them have gotten probably better goaltending than we would expect but I kind of see it as the Ducks being more likely to continue so I'm actually willing to take them on here I think it's a pretty decent bet I'll slide in here too if this should be a Leo Carlson playing game based <laughs> on uh, last <laughs> week went
0: This, um, this number has also bounced around uh, a little bit leave off. So, I mean, like, um, I I think the, the one twenty might be gone by the time this, uh, this, this is up. So, I mean, fair enough. We've, we've all given bets like that, but I, I agree with Nick. I have Anaheim rated better than Montreal. Montreal also getting some tough injury news, especially, um, Harris being, uh, looks like it's going to be like long term for him. And I can tell you, he's a pretty good player, played against him back in the day. Um, you know, you <laughs> don't need me, you don't need, uh, you don't need uh, any NHL uh, scout to tell you that. I can tell you firsthand, uh, he, he ate my lunch back in uh, the prep school days. So yeah, I'm rolling with Anaheim here.
1: Yeah, I see, uh, the number has shortened a bit. Um, we'll see. I would, I would still play it at, you know, plus 110 or better, uh, on the Habs, uh, I think the point stands here that I just don't want to be laying with the Ducks much, even at home. Nick, uh, your favorite underdog now?
2: Yeah, my favorite underdog is the Buffalo Sabres I went with here versus the Capitals. I think this is just one where I want to kind of catch the Caps before they fall apart a little. I know their underlying process has been pretty reasonable, um, but basically you look at what we thought this roster would be. It feels like the right time to sell on them. I thought they got pretty damn lucky versus Columbus and it just feels like that's where this is going to go their goal differential is still minus one and it's been a lot of like timely timely stuff the offense still looks a little flat um and I think Buffalo's kind of shown a little better like they weren't amazing versus Chicago really like their game versus Winnipeg and it feels like just one of these spots where we can put some weight on what we thought these rosters would be before the season and just take this number with the Sabres who kind of should run pretty close to the caps moving forward. So that's kind of my case there. And, and it feels like the other thing is everyone's really, really getting on the Tage Thompson thing and just kind of completely forgetting about them. But they still have enough offense to firepower there to help manage that. And he really hadn't gone yet. So uh, it's a little ugly, but I just think this is a lot closer to 50-50 game right now. And I, I could like the spot for Buffalo. So yeah, give me the sabers.
1: Yeah, I'll save my thoughts on this one for later uh tim your thoughts here buffalo and washington
0: yeah i guess i should have um done this beforehand but it just occurred to me now as i was looking buffalo at winnipeg at chicago now at washington i mean they had some time in between this uh this chicago and the upcoming washington date so i wonder if they went back to buffalo i'm 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 not sure i probably doubt it right um would you if you snap judgment now
1: yeah i would think that they would probably just go hang out in the na- nation's cap?
0: <laughs> well, I just, in that point, I just think that it's like the tough before, you know, like the Thanksgiving uh, kind of like mini break here. Like, are you just kind of sick of being on the road, mail one in. I, I'm i worried about, Nick, I'm definitely in the camp of the Buffalo people with like the whole Tage Thompson thing. I, I've kind of lost a lot of faith in them. I, I I think it's a hard team to back right now. And it makes me surprised that you're fading your caps, but you've had your finger on the pulse of this team Uh, pretty well all season long so i guess that that's really what scares me off of it i would have played caps here except you being uh you know knowing the caps better than anyone you are on buffalo
2: yeah i've seen this team this feels like and the other thing is the caps traditionally do not have a home ice advantage um i don't know if it hurts the way they like to play with the puck in the offensive zone but the verizon or the cap one center has probably the worst ice in the league from the players comments that isn't like a humid, horrible environment. So I don't know if that actually plays into it, but it just feels like they've let down in these spots so much the last few years. And I guess it's a new coach, but I just look at this and I, I think it's going to come out and be a really competitive game. So I like getting a, a, anything better than plus 100 on the Sabres.
1: All right. Uh, onto the big board. Now the devils are minus minus one fifty five on the road in Detroit, uh, Six and a half total, and the Red Wings are plus one thirty. New Jersey's already taking money. i Think that that uh would be where I'd be looking. It's probably moved a little bit too much here for me, but uh, I I we we kind of talked about this with the Hurricanes, and I don't know if, if if it would be fair to say that uh the results have come, but it does feel like the Devils are on the precipice here, and, and a lot of that has to do with just them getting Hughes and Heesher back. He sure won't play in this game, Tim, but uh Hughes will, and and. Nico, I think on the other side of Thanksgiving we will be back in the lineup for, for New Jersey.
0: Yeah, I mean, is it an indictment on their team that they're they played poorly without Hughes and Heeshir? Yeah, it might be. But what I do know is that they play damn well when they have at least one of them in the lineup. And with Hughes coming back, I again I don't care about uh, their makeup or whatever. I'm not a fan. I'm here to try and win money. And I, they, they happen to be better with Jack Hughes on the ice. So I already jumped on the devils in this game. I think that they're better than the wings. I think this is an opportunity to get a, a real good team um, at a kind of a a, a discounted price, I think.
1: Uh, Nick, anything here?
2: Yeah. I I mean, this game had some silly openers and I was hoping some of them would hold a little more. I, I mean, even at the current numbers, I'm still, you could probably play New Jersey um i think everything tim said is valid even the devils like they haven't been the sharpest at five on five even when they had everyone but still and then if you want to talk scheduling spots which i don't always go into but i mean detroit's coming back from the global series you have to think that's not the dream here either for them so um
1: yeah they're the only team coming back that that's playing on wednesday too
2: yeah yeah exactly and and it just i think they got out of there earlier but um still just it feels like a tough spot and just a good time to get on the devils. And yeah, like Tim said, just getting one of those two back makes such a difference instead of having both them out at the same position, same time. So yeah, I like it with the devils here.
0: And and also too, I'll, I'll jump quickly leave off uh, our guy, Jeff Merrick pointed out before we uh, bash the NHL for no games on Tuesday night, that it has to do with the scheduling in terms that all U S cities get games uh, leading up to Thanksgiving. Um, so before we bash Joe, just go look at Jeff Merrick's Twitter. He, he lays it out uh, nicely on uh, a, a lot of us being frustrated with no action on Tuesday. So yeah, I thought I'd note that with the Wings being the only team that's coming back from Sweden here uh, in this spot.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jeff, for for providing the context. Uh, Bruins and Panthers essentially pick them. Bruins a slight favorite on the road at minus 115. Uh, Florida, minus 105. The total at 6 uh, we liked the bees against the lightning the other night and boy that's uh that's one way to lose a bet man uh victor Hedman keeps the... I still am trying to find an angle on that goal that shows me that that play was onside i know we have uh offside review and they so they obviously looked at it and said no it was onside but i think you can make an argument that like 60% of of linesmen blow that play dead um before we, we-
0: Colorado too was a biz- absolutely bizarre ending yeah. and like I was on Colorado we all around the bolts it felt like a it was a tough little Sunday night
2: I do think that for both of those bad beats that everyone was going wild about both the teams that they won were the better team in the games yeah. which made it a little easier to like accept because I was like it, it just pissed me off because we finally bet Boston and they go ahead and blow a lead with four seconds yeah it yeah. was like holy crap like I feel yeah, like that, of all the times we've been on been fading them and then like nothing like that ever happens So they, they get caved in for three periods and goalie just saves everything so that was it's a little frustrating
0: story of the last two years
2: yeah yeah the Bruins are. It's, just, it's incredible it doesn't work um i i would lean
1: back towards boston here but uh especially with barkov uh situ- the situation for florida um but i i there's so many more games on this the slate that i'd want to play so i'm just going to have some self-control here nick and 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 uh, go pass on this one
2: yeah i'm i actually like the bruins to minus 115 with Barkov out. I, I still think that they just basically deserve to be power rated a little bit above florida and we like florida i think they've been really good and home ice and spots like this as we saw in the playoff series can be like i think it's more marginal when you know a team's gonna be up for a game and that sort of thing right like it which I think proves every playoff, like every year with action, I've posted the numbers from playoffs where typically home ice gets overvalued. And I still think that's the thing in the NHL. Like, I think it's one of those things where you're probably less likely to get like a letdown spot when a team's at home. Um, but I think a game like this, you know, they're both going to be ready to go. I feel like feel The Bruins, they already suffered the one loss trying to avenge the playoff uh, series. And I think just getting them at close to pick here with Barkov out is good. So, I like it. I'm going to go back on Boston and and see if their game can show up for us for once.
0: It's it's not a great reason to bet a team, but I'm also on the Bruins because I just don't think this team is going to lose two in a row quite often, and it, and it's, it feels like a, a good price. And I'm going to try the Bruins one more time. And if if we get a similar result to what happened against Tampa on Sunday, um, yeah, I might just just quit the Bruins for uh, until they. Have another coach or something else happens because it, this team is very, very challenging to handicap, unless, unless I guess you just take them all every single night yeah. for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is just simple. Maybe, then they might yeah, be the maybe, simplest maybe.
1: team to handicap. Just bet the Bruins every night, and uh, that'll be that. Uh, <laughs> another game uh, that's essentially a pick 'em uh, between division rivals, Rangers uh, minus 112. So slight favorite on the road in Pittsburgh. Penguins are minus 108 and uh, a total of six and a half. I think that the, the Rangers are also a little tricky to handicap because quantifying just defensive structure and, and and acting on it is is a little bit trickier than a team that's just able to tilt the ice and generate more scoring chances than uh, than their opponent night in and night out. And that's just not the Rangers game. But we've seen it so often here that uh, even going up a team that has good five on five numbers in Pittsburgh, I, I still think that the Rangers are fine here a uh, tough night in Dallas. Now they come back a little bit North, Northeast a bit. Uh, maybe you can talk about it being a tough spot, but I, I just, I think that where these two teams are at and the injury situation for Pittsburgh, which is piling up, you know, Ricardo, Kell, Brian Russ, Chad Ruedel, like on, on their own, they don't uh, move the needle, but when you start to, um, when you start to just, just add lot, it, yeah. yeah. When you just start to add up and and then you're getting guys playing different roles and, uh, it, it does look like a good time to to bet the Rangers here, uh, Tim.
0: The only reason I'm not, you know, jumping out of my shoes to bet the Rangers, I I will bet the Rangers, is um, I'm nervous about, you mentioned it, off the travel with, it's pretty interesting for the Rangers. At New Jersey, obviously it's at Stone's Throw, but then at Dallas, then at Pittsburgh, so kind of like a back and forth um, little travel here, and that's the only reason... I'm not super stoked about it because I can just see, um, I think you can make the case. We actually talked about it before the podcast, like Pittsburgh, they've been had a surprisingly like really good start to the season and, um, you know, at least better than expectation. It's like, you know what, let's just lay an egg here against a really good Rangers team and uh, let's go have Thanksgiving. But you could also say the same thing, honestly, about the Rangers, especially with being on the road here leading up to the mini Thanksgiving break. And so why I lean uh, or why I'm going to play the Rangers, honestly, it is the injuries, you know, more, more Jeff Carter in the Pittsburgh lineup, I don't, I don't think is the greatest thing.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a real call. I mean, two of those guys are top six wingers, right? So it's, it's meaningful. And I think like you can still expect the Rangers to carry close to 50% of the gameplay in this. So I think anytime you're getting the Rangers at that, like in a spot like that, they're probably a reasonable bet, right? So I think, um, I mean, Shosturkin hasn't been brilliant, but it, yeah, it's Shot still at the Quick teams.
1: has, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. one
2: <laughs> and Louis in I mean, Most of those games, he's been given tap ins. Yeah. Like, I mean, from what I've seen, like the Kraken one, a couple others where we were originally trying to like target those, the Rangers just gave up absolutely nothing. So, I think it's an okay spot with um, the Rangers kind of how layball feels about the Bruins Panthers game though like I, I think I have a pretty clear lean with Rangers but I also feel like it wasn't like a game I was jumping to bed on this board this entire this
0: game is indicative of almost this entire board we have a lot of like really short numbers and really interesting numbers and I feel like the cap for all of these has been do we take this really good team at what we think is a short price or are we walking into a, into a trap and we have no idea. Like I just, we're tiptoeing around the same kind of scenario over and over. And I, I don't know if you guys have a, like a theme or a, you know, a way of going about it, but I find it very, very challenging, but it's also a, a full slate
1: of games on a Thanksgiving weekend.
0: I'm probably going to bet, you know, almost all of them because I like fun.
1: Uh, Yeah. You, you want to know what won't be fun? The Edmonton Oilers uh, in <laughs> Carolina. They're plus 115 hurricanes minus 135 at home and the over under six and a half um this line is already moving towards carolina i agree with it and and, and not to to pat myself on the back for the what happened with florida but the my point still remains with this oilers team is like you can do it you can do it you can't you just you can't walk into this these kind of situations with this team still with this goaltending and
2: i actually think you would have been wrong if skinner didn't or if skinner had played though yeah
1: i know but that's the point like who else you, yeah. you even said it in the last podcast
2: they don't have yeah. anyone else well like, wh- you know. i didn't get it because skinner had been better in four or five like the lightning one was his first done in a while and i get that maybe they're like okay we got to try resting him but like who are you to worry about resting anyone right now <laughs> like you have to go down is- with
0: skinner
1: right now yeah like and like weird. you can
2: worry about him having 75 starts later in the year like Right now you're close to the sharks. Yeah, so
1: and you're you're your claim you're 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 pulling for Je- uh, Stuart Skinner to s- start seventy five games. Like that's the point with this team is like every every decision that they have to make is is so perilous because it like even even going to like should we just load up Leon and, and Connor? Well, then you're leaving the rest of the lineup so threadbare again, playing yeah. in front of, playing in front of a, a a defense that probably the numbers say they're better than they are, but there were some horrific breakdowns against uh the past the the two florida teams like
2: but i think it was the same story as always in that they if you took the totality of what they did it was as much as what their opposite like what their opponent did like Bobrovsky saved mcdavid and dry will have a perfect give and go tap in dry bob Bob saves it like they're not getting that and then i thought the other one that was the the epitome of their season was the mikola goal Cause it was just such a bad time. And it was so soft, like no other NH Bob was never letting that in, in that game. Right. And I mean, Florida was probably the slightly better team. It was pretty close, right? Like if you traded goalies, which is part of the team, but it was just like, what do you feel like you can do if you're the Oilers? See, I think in this one, I I definitely don't want to, I'm not betting Edmonton. I don't think you can bet Edmonton. I think you could consider the over again. It's a little scary in the Carolina, but, um, with a Carolina no. game like it, it
0: shouldn't it shouldn't it shouldn't be they can't,
2: like it's just so hard for them right now uh the Oilers I, mean, uh, I like, agree with Tim I don't the think game it's script every time
1: right that's what I'm saying I don't think it's scary to bet overs because the game script's just gonna get blown up at some point and,
2: and the Carolina's not defending that well no. either and like Edmonton just can like we said Carolina's goaltending yeah exactly and just like we said versus the Panthers like the Oilers should get theirs offensively I think they will but they can't keep the puck out at all. I also we have to give a shout out to Mark Spector for that question. Oh my god! I, yeah. If I were McDavid, I might be in jail for assault right now. Like, what, <laughs> what do you say to that? And why would you ever? And then he defends it after the game, like it's insightful. And you Tim Peel went man.
0: after him. Tim Peel. Could... Oh
2: after god, him. that was it, my it, favorite. It, Just it's been, two it's been fun. geese arguing. No, yeah. yeah, and your boy Frank Saravalli
1: got involved too. So it's been, <laughs> I loved it, everything needed, about it. And why and do why like do we even have to like, play the games? You know, take, you could take ask off.
2: better things too. Like, what have yeah. you seen? Like, what do you think you guys are trying to do differently under Knoblock? How are you defending differently? What like there's questions that are along that line that at least you might get them to answer with, you know, something interesting. But no, the Oilers right now, bear.
0: the Oilers are the, right now the closest thing to the NBA.
2: <laughs> oh it, it's so true it's yeah. great this is complete clown show
0: they um especially too with, with the over again just to to beat that again like it shouldn't be scary because also right Skinner against uh, Tampa what was it 24 shots six goals some out you know something outrageous like that look Carolina is a volume shooting team so you tell me the more chances they get to put rubber on this on, on yeah Skinner? like if he's
2: gonna let in soft ones it's like, gonna get out of control. Right. The other I mean, school thought, though, maybe that he could actually get in a rhythm, and
0: that's a hell of a spin, but, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true
2: though. I always—that's one of my biggest pet peeves—is when uh, goalies going cold, and all the announcers say, "Throw everything you can on them." If you ask any goalie alive, they'd say they want to feel the puck in that situation and get yeah. going, right? Please but, shoot one from
0: fifty uh, feet away, so I can uh, feel one.
1: If you if you yeah. wanted to, if I think if you wanted to turn the Carolina, um, you know games gaming their course c numbers uh on its head you could say that it, that style of play actually maybe helps the oilers a bit here because it, it ends up being so many bouncing pucks and shot blocks and that the oilers can then transition off of but uh yeah it's uh this game looks like a like like a circus and um Happy to just stay away because I have a play on the other this next one. Uh
0: Leboff, the that's a lot of grasping for a team that's, you know, plus one fifteen, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
1: and a and a team that should have been a, that was priced as a Stanley Cup favorite before the season started. So it's if it's tough. Um
2: you also just have to watch this game, I think. So, you know, maybe not the worst nah. if you want to reach for a play on the over.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Hawks and uh blue jackets, the Connor Bedard versus Adam Fantilli show the blue. J- I mean, <laughs> the Blue Jackets are if the if Columbus played in a bigger market, they'd be being we'd be talking about them similarly to uh, the Oilers, obviously with the the caveat of, of preseason expectations. But they're a circus too, and and Chicago comes in as a plus one twenty four underdog. Uh, the Jackets taking some money at like minus one forty eight ish right now, and, and a total six and a half. I, I don't really have a problem playing Chicago here. I, I know that the, the Blue Jackets probably deserve a little bit better than this run that they're they're currently on. They've, they've had a couple games that they uh, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, um, but they've lost four in a row. They've won one win in 10. Their big guns aren't going. The coach looks a little lost with the way he's handling the roster. Uh, the goaltending, you cannot rely on it. And the one thing you can say for Chicago, at least, like, they're five and eleven, but they've had some decent showings here. Like they're and, and they've got Connor Bedard. So I think in a in a game like this where I think it's a lot closer to to 50 than this number suggests. And I don't have a problem going against this mini steam so far on, on Columbus because uh I think a lot of it is just uh people expecting this, this team to come out firing, uh, because of, of where where they're at, Nick and I don't want to say you're one of those people because I don't think that that'll be the basis of your handicap, but you are going with Columbus here.
2: I mean, it, it is a little bit. I think that this is just the definition of a scheduled win, um, which is not maybe the greatest handicap. And I still look at it. So yeah, you mentioned that the coaching has been a bit of a disaster in Columbus. I'm not going to try to argue that at all. I, I don't. We've talked about it. You're changing every line, every game. No one knows what they're doing. No one knows the rules. But I also look at the and you can say that Columbus's depth is significantly better than Chicago's, they should win some of the matchups down the down the board here. And it just feels like one where, for all that's gone wrong wrong in Columbus, and they were horrible versus Philly, but um, I thought the Caps game was really good. It just feels like such a get-right spot for a team that I still think on paper is going to be a fair bit better in Chicago. Maybe that's going to be closer than I Not I'm without Damon Severson.
1: But... Look out.
2: Yeah. Hey, that is a, he's good though. I I agree with you. Like he's better than lots of their D, but I I don't know. I I still just look at this and think their offensive core were so much deeper. Um, so we'll see. I know they don't really have the guys going, but I just, I view this pretty much as a scheduled win. I think they're going to take advantage. I felt good about picking them versus the caps, honestly. And then I was lucky the next night that, uh, I rated Philly highly enough that I thought that line was close because I almost wanted to do it. But I think, really, they haven't been as pathetic as it seems. And they're getting some guys going, so I don't know. It's ugly, but I think I think the Blue Jackets deserve to be a favorite here and, and just the right time to pay it off.
0: I'll tell you what the problem with Columbus is. The last time they won a game, I was in the building. <laughs> so <laughs> they need me to go to the next Blue Jackets game. That, but, it, I mean, in all seriousness, what I mean, what am I missing in this number? This team, like Nick, I know you You said, Hey, like it's scheduled win, they're deeper than, uh, than Chicago. I believe you on all those things, but I just cannot play this team at minus 145. Like, I so yeah, that's why this will be a, a pass, it, but like, cannot stomach that one bit.
2: And yeah, to just go away from just like trust me takes just on the roster, which is kind of what I gave. If you look at the last 10 Blue Jackets games, their underlying numbers are significantly better than Chicago's. Like Chicago's sitting at forty percent expected goals in that period. Yeah, they can
1: I mean they can't defend the Blackhawks. Like yeah. they, they cannot and it, defend.
2: And it like they have some of those lines are gonna get crushed by a number of the Columbus units here. So I think it's just one like the results of the games and the way it's gone kind of has it viewed a little differently. But I also think you could say Columbus could have won like, the Pittsburgh game was reasonable. The shootout loss to in New York was pretty reasonable. Detroit game, same thing. They've had some tough games here, too, as I look, like, at Florida. And their underlying numbers from those... I thought they could have beat the Coyotes, too, and the Caps. Their underlying numbers from those are way better than Chicago's last stretch. So, I think when you, like, look at it that that way, like, it's actually really reasonable to think they're going to come out and control a lot of the play here. So, I'm not, like, excited about it as much as we love to call it this Columbus team, but... I don't know. I still think, I still think it's there.
1: Game of the night time, Flames and Preds. Oh God. Pick a pick'em in Nashville. Ratings Bonanza uh total of six. I like Calgary. Here, I, I I think we we've we've talked about it uh quite a bit that this Flames team is they're going to end up just being really frustrating to bet all season long um because. It, the same reasons they were frustrating to bet last year but it does look like things are turning around it and and notably like the goaltending's just been flat out better this year than than uh last year so that's that's very important for the, for this team uh considering where it was and uh nashville crazy win against colorado the other night and i think probably a result they deserved with just the way that the, the bad breaks have been bouncing for for this team but when uh even on the road here, I think the Calgary is just a slightly better team, and and the one that looks more attractive to me when you're when you're dealing a pick 'em, um, when you adjust it, you say, all right, Flames minus one thirty on, on neutral ice. I would be betting the Flames. I think at that number against this Preds team. So, uh, Nick, I'll I'll take uh your, the team, playing in your backyard, uh, the Calgary Flames here.
2: I uh, yeah I I'm kind of with you, but I think the Preds are still a little sneaky. Another good performance the other night. These teams look really similar. Like you bring this game on right after the Kraken game and I feel like it's the same kind of thing. I think you could bet neither team to win by more than two um, is an option. I just hate that because like you are laying a lot of juice and then it's brutal if someone gets the second empty netter. But this just feels like one that it just has to be close. The Flames never blow anyone out of the water. They don't come out like they want to. And the Preds have played pretty reliably. And then I think you could do tie too. You could do one goal winning margin, like it just feels like such a good spot to stick with those plays on Flames games that are always so. <laughs> like every Flames game is the same thing, and I look at this and it's just like Western Conference opponent that um really rates out comparably, like same kind of thing. Uh, especially when you look at like the way that these teams are getting it done. So, I, I think that that's a decent bet. And it's funny that Calgary is like they've won a couple shootouts. They've won some overtimes. You know they they're uh, they've they've gone to the shootout and overtime a ton, which seems like just every year now. So I think that's a decent bet. Overtime, like some sort of close game, just feels right here. Feels like these two on uh, in Nashville are really comparable right now.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I probably probably gonna play Calgary here. I think that they're just slightly better than we're getting a coin flip line. So I I just think it's as simple as that. And Soros, I mean, to start, you know, up until uh, U.S. Thanksgiving here, he's been disappointing. So, I mean, it's kind of, kind of shocking, but you know, he'll uh, f- probably find his game with the shutout against Calgary uh, once I bet on that. So. Yeah. Uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and nobody's really run away with the Vezina yet. And I was, Kind of waiting to see if we'll see this the, the the annual Saros drift, um, but it just hasn't come yet. Um, because someone, someone's just going to get hot, and I know the Bruins goalies are, uh, I, I guess, are, are your front runners right now, and there's a couple other go Come on, Dem- well, we Demko. gave that out, yeah, you gotta pump Demko. them up, yeah. And
0: we but, gave out onger, I gave out onger yeah. aside from Jack Campbell. If uh, people can separate the two, but you know,
1: <laughs> I, I, I'll just say that it's 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 more, I think it's open for some like a late closer. Um, all right, knights and stars here. Uh, knights plus one fifteen, stars minus one thirty-five, uh, total of six in Dallas. Um be passing. Uh, Tim, what do you got?
0: I think you're gonna get Vegas uh a, a really Vegas' best shot here. And I kind of just again, Nick, you can tell me I'm a complete moron, but I feel like getting Vegas with a with a plus next to their name is just making me salivate a little bit for as much as this team has uh, has killed me.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a complete moron too because I finally picked the Knights one single time and they lost to Pittsburgh. So um, I I just, in Dallas, I, I agree. I think it's still lean Vegas, but like Dallas is playing at such a high level. Like this just feels like a game that's going to be really competitive. And I look at this, I think it's a pretty reasonable price. Um, so I'm kind of just in the pass pass boat for this one. The Stars have been super legit, but obviously you can't discount a healthy Knights team.
0: I think these, these two teams are like the same team. That's why I kind of like lean Vegas with the with the plus money because I feel that they're carbon copies of each other and the way that they want to play and the way they do play. It's like, okay, well, I'll just take the underdog then.
2: Yeah, I think so far the clear top three teams in the West have been Vegas, Los Angeles. I know some people probably want to throw the Canucks in there, but I don't really see it. Vegas, Los Angeles, and Dallas. Like, those are three teams that look completely legit. I know the Avs, some nights, look like they're there. But as a team, I don't think their level has quite been uh, as structured as the other three. So I think those are kind of the three that deserve to be power-rated right at the top of the West. And, um, like, it feels like one of those spots, like, where people say in football, you could give any combination. And if you're getting, like, the Knights at plus 110, that'd probably be the play. Like, you don't want to go. But... Who knows? Yeah, I think this is probably just a fair number.
1: I think the, the the two of those teams in the in the tier right below, uh, those three teams, the Canucks and Avs, meet in Colorado. A total of six and a half. Vancouver's traveling at plus one fifty. Colorado minus one eighty. This feels like a feels like a trap, but I I kind of like Vancouver at this number. It just it just I I generally try not just try to like ignore that part of my brain when you're looking at a handicapping a hockey game, but the number is is gone up even a little bit more, which which should be a sign that it it is a trap. Um but when there are some some legitimate reasons I think to to back the Canucks here. One, the price it's plus one fifty. They're a good team. Uh two, the goaltending advantage is there. Uh three, the canucks have the horses to skate with vancouver's uh with colorado's horses even even if you went position by position which you don't do in hockey uh really um it's it's quinn hughes versus kale mccarr elias petterson versus nathan mckinnon um dude look at miller and besser against Rantanen. it's am i missing something here that these two teams sh- should it should have this wide of a gap even on the road uh nick
2: yeah no i agree i think It's kind of the Canucks are nothing, even if you're viewing them as like a whatever 95 point team that's gotten a little little puck luck out of the gates. Uh, I think one of the things too, the Canucks are kind of quietly deeper than the Avs now, which seems crazy to say, but like they're they've had more competent play from their bottom units, right? I think the Avs stars are probably still way better than what the Canucks can offer, which seems crazy to think when we're talking about you know Pedersen, Hart. And that sort of thing. But, I mean, I, I think you're right. This is just a pretty long number. This can be a competitive game. The Canucks have been... Like, this is the kind of spot I think you want the Canucks in. So, right. I agree. It feels like almost an odds... Like, one where, if you argue like a trap person, it does... It is like a line that almost feels like the odds makers are telling you they think uh the Avs are the play here. But, like, it's just... I feel like we know everything about these two teams. And the Avs are getting their usual like driving of the play, but it also feels like they are kind of having some ugly breakdowns and that sort of thing. And we've talked about it on some of the nights where they really got blown out of the game that they just try to like turn it on. And then they find all these mistakes in their play. um, And they, they offer some of the easy breakdowns. I don't know if we'll see that here, but this just feels like one that should be more competitive than that number suggests. So um, the abs might come through, but I don't expect the gameplay to look like they're worthy of such a price tag
0: if you said it. The the goaltending is, I think, the biggest reason why I, I'm like, I was hoping to come on here and have you guys talk me out of playing the Canucks, but uh, no one really made a compelling case, and so I think the goaltending is the number one factor. And I would say, we, we like us, the Canucks are overrated, and then Canucks get listed as a dog, and we go, ah, well, this team's be- this team's better than that. Like it's it's so yeah. funny. Well, and but I mean, like I think. Gone.
2: You say stuff like that and people take it the wrong way. Like, no one here has ever tried to say the Canucks aren't a playoff team. Like, I'm trying to say yeah. that based off how they played, I think they're, like, fifth in the West, right? Like, this, I just don't, like, they're getting, they've gotten a few more wins than they probably would have on average if you, like, you know, re-ran all these games. But I still think they're pretty good. And the other one I'll, I'll throw out there quick, Quinn Hughes is still 35-1 to 1 to win the heart. I think oh. that's a very reasonable bet. Like it is wide open and especially if you have Peterson, like I was thinking about how worried I am that they're both on the same team because I really want to win our Peterson positions. And then it's like, oh, well, Hughes is still 35 to one. Why not just throw him in there um, with the whole Canucks team, which we're just looking for them to sweep every award. Yeah. So uh, I I think that's pretty reasonable. I don't know. He's on fire. And and like we've talked about it, the hole is getting dug deeper and deeper for the Oilers pair that are still drawing a ton of the, like McDavid's still the favorite, Dry's still one of the favorites. It seems more and more unlikely that, like they're just going to have to go on a crazy run the rest of the way to steal them, let alone if the Oilers don't make the playoffs. We know people like NHL voters won't vote for them. So um, I think that's a pretty fun and reasonable look. He's leading the whole league in points and hes it's ridiculous watching yeah. him. Right first now. time so. since
0: Bobby Orr, the defenseman that has led uh, through third has third first player to 30 points as a defenseman first since Bobby Orr. Yeah, I mean, but we are uh, usually the three of us we say it's too good to be true. And we're sitting here going, ah, I think Canucks at this price might be a play.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's we, we like to give out our favorite underdog off the top of the show and then our best bet at the bottom of the show. And, the reason I don't have the Canucks in either of those sections was because I was afraid that I would be uh, talked out of it because I'm like, eh, this is, it looks crazy. And, and, um, but it is, it, I think it's a really, really appealing bet. Um, and if, if I had more self-esteem, maybe I would have made it one of those, uh, put it in one of those sections. All right. We got to talk about the sharks. They are plus, uh, 235 in, uh, Seattle uh kraken minus 290 and the over under six not a bad effort all things considered uh not at all san
2: jose the other night that would have been my best handicap of the night if i put my my play down like you say with the the esteem i think that went exactly how we thought i thought the sharks held in were competitive their defensive plays looking a little cleaner they had some chances even to get a lead in that game i don't think they're uh, a bad
1: bet here I'm going to do it.
2: I think I have to agree. Like they're looking way more competitive. It feels like they've stabilized pretty significantly. Like they're not the team you can just punt on all these props and stuff anymore. Right. Um and yeah, I think we can start to raise them up to closer to just being a normal lottery NHL team, which yeah. is like what most people expected. Give so Give
1: Dave, Dave Give Dave Quinn the Jack Adams. Yeah.
2: Uh, and you know what? Like I still Grubauer is really shaky, so and, the, and up, you just
1: don't know if the Kraken are going to score.
2: Yeah, and if you get a good Blackwood start, he's been pretty hit or miss. But yeah. when he's on, he seems to be on. So I don't know. It, it feels like one. If you want to, you know, take the number at worst, I would say just probably don't look at the Kraken as like a smash here.
0: But you you can't look at the Kraken as a smash. No, <laughs> all, no, no. I I'm I'm going to be on San Jose here. I I yeah. Seattle plays too low event hockey for you to not be interested in playing the dog at, what is it? You know, plus 230, 220, what, what's this number at? I mean, it's like, they're just, it's just too appetizing for a Seattle team. That's like, doesn't have blowout capability really. Like we, none of us would think that, right?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're right. Actually and and I'm going to say this too, and it's going to sound nuts, but. Even if the, the, the sharks go down like one or two, nothing early. I would think about betting them again here because like you yeah. talked about with Drew Bauer and the Kraken just that if 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 Seattle's up 2 nothing after the first period and and it looks like the Sharks are in this game like they're they're one bad goal away from from being dangerous and you just don't know if they're going to the Kraken are going to score again so uh yeah jesus uh San Jose every which way
2: uh I also think it, it might almost not be the spot for exactly what we just said, because like I, obviously you're gonna get San Jose prop numbers when you're betting Seattle here. But I think in time, Benares is gonna be a guy to buy on in some fashion. Like his line is still tilting the ice heavily, like with McCann and Everly, and he just doesn't have the points. So I think he's a guy to buy in fantasy hockey. I think he's a guy to look at in the prop markets moving forward, because I just I think he's gonna start. Filling in the net and getting some points the way that line's going and the way like, with the kind of player he is so he's a guy I'm watching but who knows in this game the lines will probably be nuts because they're playing the Sharks so might have to pass for one more night
1: all right uh, on to our favorite bets uh, for Wednesday night Thanksgiving Eve here in the States just a regular old Wednesday night for for Nick up there in Canada top
0: shelf for- where.
1: I'll go first because we talked about this game. I like the Sabers at plus one ten against the Caps. One thing we didn't touch about touch on is that uh, a lot of the Caps' defensive numbers are being skewed by some pretty good goaltending. Um, they they are giving up more than uh, their goals against numbers would suggest, and uh, I think they are a little bit vulnerable as a favorite in that regard. So I do like Buffalo uh, on the road as a underdog in Washington. Tim.
2: Especially, oh. sorry, I'll th- throw in one more thing oh. that we didn't get to there. Especially if you don't think that Charlie Lindgren is the best goal in the NHL, which yeah. he's quietly been way better than people would probably ever realize like his whole career, but this is just bananas. So, I mean, it's probably gonna be Kemper here anyways, but still kind of relevant, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna go here. The Winnipeg Jets over uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, I just think uh, this line opened at Winnipeg plus money. I would probably take it to Winnipeg minus 107. Uh, It's moved a little bit. And I just think that these two teams are pretty damn close to one another. And though he's not been himself, uh, Hellerbach is better than anything that um, Tampa Bay is going to roll out there because Vasilevsky isn't back yet. So I like Winnipeg here. I just think that they can do everything to – to slow down Tampa's top top big guns, and then make sure that they can uh, get the scoring themselves and uh, kind of be able to penetrate that uh, that kind of shaky Tampa Bay defense and goaltending situation. So Winnipeg for me.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd be with you on the Jets, Nick. I-, I know you like the Jets here too.
2: Yeah, I think it's Jets or nothing here. It's a bit of a like Tampa probably their game of the year versus Boston, but in to look at a much larger sample, like their defensive play had been pretty shaky. We like the Jets. They look like they're playing really good team hockey right now. And I agree. I think good handicap there. And then my underdog, I'm prepared to get booed out of here, but I'm fading the Yotes at home because they're a team that I don't even think is that good. But you look at it, I think the Blues at plus, what are they? They're plus 110 or better right now. I would happily play anything better than plus 105. Um, This is just too long. The Blues have controlled play to a way higher rate. In their last 10 games, they own a 53% expected goal share with some pretty big wins over some pretty good teams. So I just think that this, this number is too long. Like I look at the rosters with uh, Barrett Hayton out for the Coyotes, Valimaki out for the Coyotes. You can probably say the Blues maybe even have a, a roster that deserves to be power rated higher. They've been controlling play at a higher rate recently. It just To me, this looks like we're getting the team that's playing better as an underdog here so I think I have to fade the Coyotes and uh go with St. Louis and their guys too like not only are they getting equal goaltending to Arizona if not better but their stars are really humming and those guys are supposed to be this good like you look at Buchnevich, Cairo Thomas they're all supposed to be really really good players that if anything are more than Arizona has to offer so I think it's just a good time to get on the Blues here and fade the Coyotes
0: yeah, we we have uh, it's the odds makers might listen to this to this show lot. You know, line change. They might they think they changed the lines from all the Coyotes love we've given. We've talked them into being uh, a a bigger favorite and a favorite in a spot that we we don't really agree with. Yeah, Nick, I I agree with St. Louis. I just didn't want to be the one to say it to be honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be done. We don't have to die with the ship. I think this <laughs> just should be a pickup.
1: All right. Uh. Yeah. You know, it's the mark of a good handicapping podcast is that we we came into the season guns blazing on the Coyotes and hated the Blues, and now we're you know as as games get played, things change.
2: Uh, the third time
1: we've handicapped this game, and I know. The first
2: time we picked the Yotes and they won. The second time we picked the Yotes and they lost, and this time I think the Blues are the right number. Yeah, zigzag
0: all over the place here.
2: Yeah, just <laughs> zigging,
1: zigging, and zagging. Uh, all right, that'll do it. Uh, fourteen game slate done and dusted. It was the Canadians. Uh. Up the top is is my favorite underdog. Tim begrudgingly took uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, even though I'm gonna uh, be in the building there. Um,
0: who are taking money like as we do this? By the way,
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Why would you ever want, Why would anyone bet the uh, the New York Islanders? Nick Nick like the Sabers as his underdog. I like the Sabers as my best bet. Uh, Nick chose the St. Louis Blues as his best bet, and uh, Tim took uh, down the Winnipeg Jets against the Tampa Bay Lightning. From all of us here at Line Change, uh, we wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. If you're in the States and if you're in Canada, just uh, have a lovely Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Best of luck with all your bets.
0: Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful for you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly.